0: Hi, folks, Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at recruiting firm RiderFlex. If you enjoyed today's guest interview, please give it a like and be sure to subscribe to the RiderFlex podcast. And now a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360, fuel your brand.
0: man. Uh, happy to have you on here. I'm already recording, but don't worry about that. We'll, uh, we'll put an intro on it and clean it up and all that good stuff. Okay. Um, um, we will, uh, you probably were told this when uh, you probably had a conversation with my co-founder Scott, but, um, we'll get you a draft to make sure you're cool with it before we publish anything. That'll probably be late next week by the time we get it, uh, it's production done on it. And so, We'll make sure we get your thumbs up before we publish. And when we do publish, we'll make sure that we send you all the links so you guys can share and like and, and use it in your own marketing as well. Um, Perfect. Um, I,
1: did, I did mention to uh, the incubator people here. I was no, like, yeah. hey, when I'm talking to Steve, I'll say maybe he's interested in, in hosting y'all because they've been, sure. they've helped several companies come to life. And I'm like, I don't, you know,
0: I've listened to a few of your podcasts, but I'm like, maybe he wants them, maybe not. So I thought I'd throw it out there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Happy to talk to him. We've done, I mean, you probably know this. We've done a shit ton of people from Boulder and Colorado and startup people. And I'm sure we know a lot of the same people. So yeah. Happy to chat with them. Thanks. Thanks for mentioning that. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Um, super conversational, man. Just, just pretend like, you know, I saw you at the bar and I was ordering a beer and I bumped into you and I was like, Hey man, what's your name? What do you do? Like very personal, very conversational at first. And then I'll ease us into business and outdoor element and all that. But at first mm-hmm. it's just, you know, like we're just chatting. Is that cool? That's cool. All right. Um, all right, man. I think we talked about uh, everything we need to know. Um, I'll stop you a little bit before the end of the, uh, we'll, we'll go about 45 minutes or so and then I'll kind of wrap it up. And then when I say bye to you on the podcast, just hang tight. I'm just going to hit stop on the recording and then we'll, then we'll finish up. Does that sound okay. cool? Okay. All right. Great. All right, man. By the way, is it Mojica? Perfect. Mojica. All right. What I thought. Mike Mojica on the Rider Flex podcast. Mike, I want you to know that when I was looking at your profile and getting ready and studying, I felt really out of shape and kind of fat after I studied your profile, just so you know. Got some bad knees right now. Don't feel bad. (laughs) Oh, you got some bad knees? Well, yeah, you probably do compared to all the, or based on all the stuff you've done. I mean, damn. Uh, Are you an endurance athlete or just kind of a, how would you describe yourself athletically these days? You know, I'm more of a
1: weekend warrior right now. I've done one 50 miler. That was three years ago. Um, But I, I feel like that's where I get my revelation. If you will, if I'm out on a trail, if I'm running, I usually come home with some idea. And so it's kind of my place just to get inspiration. And so by nature, I like to be out either hiking or running. And yeah. lately I've been suffering some some bad knees. It's like, it's mm. been bad. I, I had to take off for a while. Let them recoup. So I wanted Uh-oh. to do a hundred miler this year, but it's just, it will not happen. I'm running five K's daily now, but okay. my knees can only take so much. Okay.
0: Now are you one of those guys that counts calories. Do you have like little Tupperware? Uh, containers with calorie numbers with a little tape on them or
1: <laughs> no i do have an app uh so occasionally i'll log and then i think i hone myself in to figure out okay this is about 1800 calories or so that's what i need that's what i feel good with uh, so i am I, I like to think i'm a counter but i'm not like okay it's okay uh, if i splurge
0: right. it's not a big deal but yeah you, uh, you don't go through mcdonald's drive through very often i'm guessing uh probably three times a year it's something about those <laughs> <laughs> something about those
1: cheeseburgers—I don't know. Something magical happens when you put French fries and ketchup inside that cheeseburger. It's like a <laughs> buck fifty, it's like an experience. I'm like, why do I love this so much? I know it's horrible for me. So about yeah. three times a year, you know, maybe once a quarter,
0: three my times kids a year, want okay. it. I'm like, yeah,
1: I need a cheeseburger right now. <laughs> so.
0: That's pretty good. Were you always an athletic, in shape guy? You know, conscious about that, or were you like like a, the, the fat kid in junior high? Or what was your story? <laughs> No, my uh, my mom was always a runner,
1: and so I oh. just grew up with oh. like I had a, one of those tiny BMX bikes, and I would just go out with her. I was an army brat, and so we were in Germany, just living off base, and so we would go out run in the woods like every day, and I would ride a bike with her, and so I just kind of followed in her footsteps, if you will. I got finally got off the bike and just started running. I've always enjoyed it. Um, I I'm by no means a collegiate athlete. I I did a little rugby and a little powerlifting in college, but. Okay. Um, my patella okay. split into three, my senior year of high school. So I thought maybe I had a chance to run, you know, D2, D1, maybe, uh, but that didn't happen. So
0: I, I ended up doing uh, other stuff. Well, no, that's okay. So you're an army brat, huh? So your folks are in the, your mom and dad, both in the military. What's the story? Give me the childhood story there a little bit. Yeah.
1: So my uh, father, Dave, uh, he did 20 years in the army, two tours in Vietnam, Purple Heart, I think uh, really. I'm oh,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. Let's oh, let's just take a deep breath. There. That's a big deal. I don't get <laughs> yeah. a lot of people on the podcast that had a dad with a purple heart sitting on the wall somewhere at the house. That's a big deal. Wow. Cool. Very cool. Tell him I, tell him I said thank you very much for the service. That's pretty awesome.
1: Will do. Yeah, I love him to death. And I, I, I can't think of when any time I see uh, a person walking fatigues, I'm always thanking them. It's like it's the utmost respect. I, I'm surprised I never joined the military. I always thought I would. Uh, end up being a dirty contractor for the army and the air force for a little bit i would design oh. <laughs> uh, like i'd modify vehicles for them whether it be striker vehicles or f- fixed wing stuff mq9 reapers for the air force and yeah 12s so
0: i was always around the military I just never joined it okay all right so your dad was a 20 year did he do anything after or just retire What? what well he,
1: he actually worked for the veteran affairs for 20 more years and wow yeah, it was, it was like teaching people about the benefits, what they could receive. He was put on special assignment to reach out to the Native American community. Cool. Uh, to They noticed that like a ton of vets from the Native community weren't taking any benefits. And so they're like, hey, guys, like this is available for you. Please take it. So he he was privileged to do that. He's If you get into me, we will know that we're, I'm part Native American. And it was, so, it was a got you, blessing. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha.
0: So he was Native American
1: then? Yeah. Yeah. So Native yeah, American, Mexican American is my heritage from both my parents.
0: Gotcha. Is Mojico uh, a Spanish or a Native American name? It's, it's Spanish.
1: Yeah. So my native name is Boat Away, which means fire maker. And we'll that's get cool. into that as it kind of folds into. The yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Uh, all right. And then your mom, uh, she was a runner, but what'd she do for And then she was in the service too?
1: No, no. She uh, raised the kids. Uh, she and my dad went to college. I think when I went to college. And so oh. she, be- she became a school teacher um, as I was exiting uh, college. And yeah, so How she focused that? a lot on ESL, uh, English as a second language. And she was, yeah, phenomenal. She had a rough time growing up. Uh, she didn't speak a lick of English. And uh, she was kind of traumatized uh, in, in her experience. And so she wanted to kind of give back. And once she had that opportunity uh, after raising four kids,
0: she's like, I'm going to school. So she got her degree and became a teacher. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Your parents are impressive then. Yeah. Impressive. Are both still alive. Yes. Yes. Still I have, married? One,
1: I have one grandfather alive. He is 95.
0: Whoa. That's the okay. longevity in me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, parents still married. They are. How about that, man? 51 okay. years. I believe 51 years. What? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty special. I'm sure you know that by uh, yeah. all the people you meet, like, I mean, how many people have been married 50 something years? Not a ton. Right. That's it's
1: dedication. It's work. I think that's one thing that, you know, I, I kind of gleaned from my parents, like good things. It takes work. You know, if you want a good result, you got to work at it. You know, you don't just get things handed to you it to be always, you know, sunshine and flowers, you know, it's
0: like you work through (laughs) the hard times and you you become better because of it. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. You can't just go to Starbucks and send out a few tweets on social media and think good things are just going to fall out of the sky. It <laughs> just right. doesn't work that way.
1: <laughs> yeah. My, my dad taught me, he's like, look, son, this is what you do. Like you get on your knees and you pray, like it all depends on God. And then you get up and you work like it all depends on you. I'm like, great advice. So, ooh, man,
0: that, that's, ooh, that's a good line. I'm going to have to use that. I'm going to have to use that. That's Go a good one.
1: <laughs> that
0: is, that's a good one. You can tell him I'm going to steal that. that. I like that a lot. Right. That's pretty good. Okay. Now it was you and your, what do you say, brother, sister, who, who, who what siblings? So I have an older brother
1: and then I have a twin sister and a younger brother.
0: Oh, all right. Very good. I did not. Well, obviously not identical, but yeah. I mean, does For she time. look, does she look a lot like you? Not close. We're not, we're not remotely close. <laughs> so, no, really? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It okay. came out with like
1: more auburn reddish hair uh, as a younger child. And then it's gotten more Brown now uh, that we're getting older. Uh, but yeah, was just like what, but I mean, you can tell she's a Mojica looking at her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking, me and her, um, okay, we're just not now, we're siblings. We, That's Were you we a
0: good? Are. Were you a good kid? Were you like a li- at the library every day? Were you like getting in trouble? Where, where, where were you in the mix there?
1: You know, I I definitely wasn't a bad kid. Um, I. I appreciated some adventure but it was usually me building a fort you know breaking a leg running downstairs and stuff but as far as study goes like I've always enjoyed study and I was never okay. really good at it either and so I would always spend, I was the kid that like would get mad because this other kid would never take notes and he still bust out an a and never do his homework <laughs> and it's like I would always do my homework and study because I just appreciated learning and uh and so you know I, I wasn't uh the smartest kid on the on the block but uh, I I you know made it through high school with I think an A average, but it
0: was all work and no a, talent. A, <laughs> so. a, a, a average. And plus you went to the university of Texas, which is pretty cool. I mean, Austin's a great place to go to college, especially in the late nineties. I bet you had fun.
1: I did. It was great. I saw uh, Ricky Williams, uh, play. Cool. And, uh, I cool. had a weightlifting course right after he was working out. So we, you know, talked yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, What's up Ricky. And he, he was, he was the coolest guy. I couldn't believe, like, I thought he'd be like, you know, I'm, don't, don't talk to me. I'm I'm Ricky Williams. But he was all he <laughs> was pretty cool. I I worked at Foot Locker when I was in college. And he came in. And I'm like, Ricky, what do you think when you see this jersey hanging up here? And he's like, Who's that? He acted like he wasn't Ricky Williams. Like, come on, his <laughs> girlfriend's like, Come on, Ricky, you know that's you. It was it
0: was fun to kind of get to see collegiate athletes. I yeah, it was it was yeah. good times. Yeah, Texas. I I lived in Austin, by the way, those exact years. I was well, I lived there from like 96 to 2001. So uh I was there. I was and it was in the mix. Who knows? Maybe I saw you at Foot locker. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> uh I do know this it was a great town to be single in. I was actually single at the time because I was uh before I met Kim, uh, my, my my second wife, but uh, yeah, great great town. So uh um so all right. so what what did you think you were going to do, right? I mean, what was the plan? What was your plan early on? Early so
1: I was the guy that uh I wanted to invent stuff. So okay. I came on one day, like high school, you know, like maybe as was a freshman or something. I'm like, I want to make it ex- a cordless extension cord. So I I blew a few fuses in my house. I realized electricity is not for me. So I went more on the mechanical side. And, and then I'm like, all right, I think I want to be an engineer. Part of me wanted to be an art major. I, I, I also, okay. I'm quasi creative. I like to draw and paint a little bit. And okay. um, so I was an art major for a year and I chickened out. I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna be a poor starving artist. <laughs> Um, but I like math. So let's go back to engineering. So I ended up okay. being a right. engineer. It's, if you look at my college career path, I was all over the place. Like I probably had six, seven majors, always knowing that I wanted to create an invent. Make
0: something, create something. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep.
1: So yep. I actually graduated UT with like an Asian studies degree, what? Uh, emphasis <laughs> on Chinese language and culture. <laughs> and then I had a, an engineering firm pick me up and pay to finish college for my engineering degree. And so it was, in, wow. um, it's interesting. Wow. I took a couple of years off. I went to Taiwan. I did some missionary work. And oh, cool. when I got back to UT, I was like, what's the quickest degree I can get? Cause I think I'm ready to be done. <laughs> and so I got I, I that a couple of Chinese classes and I did a bunch of, you know, culture and more Chinese classes that having lived there for two years in Taiwan, you kind of pick up on culture, the language, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. albeit I'm, I'm not a great Mandarin speaker, but I was able to, Finagle so my way through school, and uh, it was, and then once I was done, I was like, "All right, how do I design stuff?" And, and then it turns out that engineering firms don't want an Asian studies degree person to work for them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I I went backwards. Actually, I went to a tech school um, <laughs> after my 40 degree, and I got a two year degree in um, mechanical and electrical drafting and design. All Before right. I finished that, an engineering firm picked me up. They went to the school and said, "We need a designer. Like, you got to hire Mohika." And so they hired me and then they were like, yeah, we, we love what you're doing. Let's
0: let's go ahead and finish your ME degree. So they were able to help me out. I see. OK, very good. Well, I, I appreciate that. I was going to ask you how your Chinese was now. So it's decent. You can carry you can you can have a halfway decent conversation. You know, if you drop me off in China or Taiwan, I wouldn't be
1: afraid, uh, but I probably have Google Translate up at all times. And, but, <laughs> you know, to my kids, like two of my kids now are taking Chinese in, in high school. And so it's a good uh-huh. refresher for me. You know, okay. to like, oh, so for me going over with the kids, like, yeah, all right, yeah. let's go over, let's go over some, you know, and let's speak some Chinese. And so it's <laughs> been helpful because I really, I really got rusty when I went to uh, uh, UTA, UT Arlington to finish my Amy degree. One of the professors was Chinese and I initially set up my first meeting with him in Chinese. I just called him on the phone, set it up. And when I, I when I got to his office, um his secretary is like, hey, you're three o'clock here. He looked at it. He's like, oh, no, no, my uh, three o'clock's a Chinese guy. I was like, oh, well, sure. Well, sure. It, yeah, I, I told him, this is me. He's like, no way. Get in here. And by the time I finished my degree, he was like, hey, Mike, he's like, when you first come to this school, your Chinese is so good. Now it's so bad. You're probably no, so terrible. Bad. Yeah and I was like professor I I, uh, I don't have time to study I'm doing all this you know I have a mortgage I have a job and I'm I have this finishing this ME degree I have no time to study Chinese and so he's like you need to come to my office every week we need to talk and uh, but it's been uh, I, it's gotten so rusty and but it's been advantageous I I live a couple of uh, yeah. factories right now in China oh, and I was just about to go over there and I don't have to yep. hire a translator I can just kind of yep. go over and with their bad
0: English and my bad Chinese we make it work I, you know what? I'm sure that's a huge blessing is, uh, you know, getting when we get into your company there that uh, you can actually, you can have a little conversation. Uh, you can, you know, the culture a little bit. There's an emotional connection between you and them. Yeah. I bet that really helps. I want to ask you, um, um, you your, your wife, how'd you meet? Because I, I mean, you said kids. So I'm guessing you, go, what, you got two. You got two Four. kids. Four, Four girls. Yes. Four girls. Four
1: girls. Lots please. of emotion in my house. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oldest 16 and then 14 and then, um, 10 and seven. Ooh, you got two and, teenage uh, girls too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Thankfully they're Woo. right now into sports more than guys. And so they're okay. cross country and track girls. One's doing the pole vault and one's more of long distance girl. And, uh, and so I like to focus on that and pretend that boys don't exist right now. Uh, but they're beautiful and I'm worried. Um, I do. Yeah, dude. I do design some knives. So I always have those out if someone comes over.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you do so, sell yeah. knives on the website. I saw that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you, you tell the boys like, hey, tell them come on here. I want to have a conversation with them. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, four girls. How'd you meet your wife? I met my wife in, uh, at church. Uh, I, cool. was,
1: I was in uh, seventh grade. She was mm-hmm. in fifth. And uh, it wasn't like we dated forever, but our families <laughs> met each other then, and we just kind of knew each other growing up. I actually went down to Austin to school. I think she went up to Idaho for school for a little bit, and then we started dating when we left Texas or when we left our hometown because um, I, so I was still in Austin. And and so then and then after I had done some missionary work, we met up again. I was like, hey, you know, that was a good time we had. So do you want to start dating again? And one thing led to another. We got married. It's it's been been blissful. You know, it's the best decision of my life was Noel Mojica or Noel Mayfield at the time.
0: That's pretty cool. Now I, you've mentioned your faith a couple of times. So your faith, your religion is important to you. Obviously I'm picking up on that. That's a big part of your life. It is. Yeah. I,
1: I belong to the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day saints or AKA Mormons uh, as often people will call us. Uh, (laughs) I it's, I tell my kids, it's like this is part of our culture. Like we believe in God, and it's okay to be a Christian and let other people know. Uh, we don't need to force it on anybody, but but yeah. like let's live our standard. Let's and it's okay to have boundaries without battle
0: lines. You know, it's like it's it's okay. Man, you, got some, you got some good lines, Mike. There's, 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 there's <laughs> several. You got some good ones in there. I like. Oh, I, I I probably stole that one from some leadership. <laughs> you know, so Ooh,
1: yeah, um, yeah. It's it. You know, I I love. You know, it's funny when someone asked me my pronouns the other day, and I was like pronouns you know and so i wrote he him comma child of god comma dreamer and i was like this is how i want to be known and i and i said look if i got in a line you said all the he hymns walk forward i will walk forward and if you said all the dreamers walk forward like i will leap and so you tell all the child of gods they walk forward it's like
0: i will crawl on broken glass that's cool man very cool that's very cool i appreciate you sharing that with us man you know it's very good to, for it's very um Um, humbling and uh, joyful to hear somebody talk about their, their religion and faith openly and not be scared to talk about it or not be ashamed to talk about it or not be afraid to talk about it. They might be attacked or whatever, because it feels like, I mean, you know, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but it just feels like um, people that uh, highlight their religion seem to be, attacked a lot these days and by the way my mom is um uh i grew up assembly god so we were assembly god i grew up in oklahoma which is a very conservative religious as you right. probably know yeah and uh, i was in church you know three times three times a week until i got old enough to fight back a little bit and so i only had to go one time <laughs> a week but <laughs> but my point uh is it's it's good to see that you're open about it and you're brave enough to talk about it without worried about any kind of retribution because boy, it just seems like it just seems there's a lot of negative stuff towards folks. Uh, and so I'm happy to see that you.
1: Yeah. You know, I, and I feel like that's, that's pretty realistic. Like if there's some people out there that for whatever reason, they want to knock on faith, but I feel like those who really get to know me like we're friends and we, yeah, we get right? to know each other. And it's just, we all come with maybe our, our set of, biases that we grew up with and and we just don't have that experience and when when you actually experience like a you know a real friend you find out about them then it's Mm -hmm. like oh like you're you're not that bad in fact I might like you you know and and (laughs) I I felt like that's mostly how it was you know and I and I really got a glimpse of that when I was in Taiwan doing mission work because I was not only introducing like this book of mormon but also this bible right it was like oh yeah. you've heard of yeah. jesus you know and and i grew this great respect for uh the buddhist faith of uh, faith and the and Taoist the yeah. faith and like there's a lot of common especially like familial piety it's like they believe like strong family ties and it's like and i just grew to appreciate like what faith can do for people you know yeah. and no matter what faith it is if they're really believing it it's like they're generally just really good people you know
0: that's and true you're absolutely so, right I- you're absolutely right. I liked you. I can't remember the exact line you said earlier, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase here. You know, I'm like you. I'm so much like you with regards to, like, look, man, I don't care what your faith is. I don't care what your sex is, your religion, your race, your, your political beliefs. Like, I, listen, man, you, you be you. It's cool. I'm not going to try to, oh, I think what you said, I'm not going to force my. I'm going to have my beliefs, but I'm not going to force them on you. And by the right. way, I'm not going to be mad at you and hate you and demonize that's, you either. Amen. That's the, that's, it. that's the part. That's the part that's- about social media that drives me nuts. It's like, look, if I met a guy, here's a perfect example. And I'm ranting for a second here. If I <laughs> met a guy at the bar, right, let's just say I'm at the bar, I'm having a beer. And he told me he likes the color purple and I like the color yellow. Like, I'm not going to like just be mean to him and say mean things and start demonizing him in the bar we're just we're just going to continue to have a conversation right. with him like You're he's a regular person him. yeah You're not going to exclude him nothing like, right. like hey you do want to play a game of pool no i can't play pool with you man because you like purple and i like yellow it's like come on you know but but on social media we just we just attack each other for that I, I, yeah I, and i think that's i think
1: that's honestly like part of the downfall the crumble of our society is that we we lost the human interaction? Yes, right. Like yes. like I talk to my neighbors, and then I talk to other people who don't know their neighbors. Like you've been living there for ten years, you don't know your neighbors. Like we need to get <laughs> like we're a community, man. We got to talk to each other, and when there's a problem, like I call my neighbor all the time, you know. Yeah, I, and it's awesome to just have that relationship. And we are completely different people, like my neighbor yeah, and I. But it's fine, but, right?
0: Just because he doesn't yeah. believe all the things you believe, that's doesn't matter. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. And, and in my faith, it. I'm like I believe that we like we're all like a family, like we're all children of God. And so I'm like, well, if we're all family. Why don't we just treat each other that way? It'll just, right? it'll just be cool like that, you know? And, so, and we can be different. Like you look at my family, I'm like we have differences. And I still love them, you know? Sometimes I don't like them, but I always love them. And so I treat them <laughs> that
0: way, right? You know, <laughs> so, uh, you know uh, uh, we'll move on to, to business off of this. But the one thing I want to say about uh, any Mormon that I have ever been around, had dinner with, done business with. I just cannot think of, of a quote. I'm sure there are bad ones because there's bad people in every group, Oh yeah, but I mean, my experience is they're honest. They're on time. They're organized. They pay on time. <laughs> uh, they don't lie. They, they, they want to do good business. They want to do good things. Uh, that's good to hear. And I, and I hope that's true with me. I, I may, I maybe fall short on the organized part. Uh, but I'm working on it. <laughs> so. I, really, I was at a, I was at a, uh, w- uh, when I was the president of another company, before I started Riderflex. we had some vendors that were servicing the company and they were Mormon guys. They were a marketing outfit and they wanted to take me to dinner that night. And so they get to the restaurant first. There's three, there's three of them. I sat down at the table at this nice steak restaurant. And, uh, I liked, I like to have a, a cocktail before dinner. And so, uh, I sat down and there's three guys say super nice guys. Right. And, uh, I looked, I'm looking around and of course they all have iced tea water and like lemonade or whatever. Right. And I'm looking there and there's a, I shit you not Mike. There's like a five, six second, second, six second delay in my head where I'm like, Hmm. Okay. I thought about like being nice and just ordering a Coke or something, but I didn't, I went ahead and ordered my <laughs> bourbon, but still. This <laughs> be you, right? We're going to take you. you. you and you know what? They were fine with it. They, were, they yeah. were fine with it. They didn't, they didn't like give me a hard time. Anyway. All right. So, <laughs> All right, so you, so it's interesting that you didn't come from an entrepreneurial atmosphere necessarily, right? Your no, mom but you dad... know what, my dad really pushed the like, this is oh, okay America, okay. like okay. this is the okay. land of dreams. Okay, okay, and you can do whatever you want. All right, so that's that's where some of the seed was planted, right there. Totally. Oh, I see. All right. All right. And, and so let's, let's move up here. So you had a few, I mean, you went through a few jobs, right? You had a, some career here, right? Where you, before you started Outdoor Element, correct? Yes. Um, I don't want to touch on all those. I kind of want to skip to where you, when did you have this? Okay. I'm, I'm done working for somebody else. I'm going to start this. Yeah. What? So I, I, you know, I was married and
1: I like I got this engineering degree and I got I fell into aerospace uh probably because one of my professors and um I thought I had security was the issue yeah I was like oh this is this is a secure job this is fantastic yeah. and I yeah. went through four layoffs and like I remember one of them like just distinct like maybe I can tell two of them real quick and uh, it was like I had this review annual review and my manager literally says Mike, I can't find any deficiency about you. So just keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, oh, really? And he was like, no, you're for real, you're awesome. Thank you. I'm like, thanks, man. I appreciate the compliment. I'm always looking to improve though. You know, help me out. He's like, no, for real, just keep doing what you're doing. And then the next month I got laid off. And, and then I, and I was like, what? And I, I came to him, I was like, you know, I took this job and the only question I asked was about layoffs. Cause I had been through three prior to this. And I said, I'm just looking for, stability. I'm growing my family you know and i'm like this is this is not good man like and he's like i'm sorry it's out of my control you you know and most of the Usually. times layoffs are you know and so uh i realized that despite your best efforts you don't oh you're not always in control right That's and right. i'd always had this aspirational thing like i want to invent stuff and i was inventing things for great people doing good things especially for the military I felt good about what i was doing but i just realized i realized like I didn't have control of my destiny you know there's always someone else like pushing numbers and deciding well we lost this contract so we could lay off half the engineers and yes. with and i've always and i was able to get a job within like two to three weeks i think like, the longest Still. was like maybe a month but it was like stressful it's always the stressful yeah. pay raise yeah. that i got my That's i'd come true. home to my wife like hey guess what i get to have a pay raise because i got laid off you know and, <laughs> and it was you know, and so and, and like the fourth time she's just like no no yeah. that did not happen no. I'm like I'm honey I'm like let's just hug right now let's just you know, and, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know uh, I think twice my wife was pregnant when I got laid off and it was just like this so I Ooh. I saw this um, yeah <laughs> consistency you know this I, I don't know this routine or I, you know something in this, this pattern in my life that I'm like uh, I'm not in full control and I and I thought I did I, you know, I studied hard and I and I'm not like, the smartest guy in the room but I make it up with work you know and yeah. And, uh, and so I decided, you know what? I've always wanted to be an, entre- an entrepreneur. So like, why not start something on the side? And okay. so we sat down that last layoff and I'm like, honey, where do you want to live? Because I'm tired of Texas. It's got chiggers, it got fire ants, it's got humidity, it's hot, awesome it's people, hot. but it's so hot, it's so hot, right? And it's so hot. she's like, let's move to Colorado or Oregon. And so by happen chance, the first, the first job I applied for up in Colorado was a, a nice aer- uh, aerospace company. I got that job, we moved up and I started Outdoor element as a side hustle uh, at see. that time uh, with good a good view. buddy of mine. And, uh and yeah and it just sort of, sort of just trickled we did a couple of Kickstarter campaigns okay. uh, to kind of do some uh, you know um, validation of product right so so that
0: so the early not to interrupt you but the early seed money was you and him plus the Kickstarter money is that how it was yeah that?
1: mostly Kickstarter money I mean it was just maybe okay. a few thousand bucks for he, he and I and sweat, uh, equity. sweat yeah, equity sweat equity is really what it was and but okay. yeah so the first campaign we did I think we raised about 50 grand it was a fire starting um, Good for you. bracelet. Great. Right, and so I could throw a spark, get a fire going. We were able to raise fifty grand, and I and I thought I made it. Honestly, it's like, oh, this is easy. Like this ain't this ain't hard, and because uh, Outside Magazine did an article on me, like saying, it's, oh, oh yeah, it's you know, yeah, you're like one right. of five items to have to survive an apocalypse or a doomsday event. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I made it, and I was so wrong. It was like, you know, it was that was a false pretense of you know I was like, see, honey, I know what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. Within six months, we had knockoffs on the market. And, uh, you know, where imitation could be like the ultimate form of flattery or whatever, or it, it kills your bottom line, right? Just like crushed it. And then I applied for uh, a patent, a design and utility patent. Design went through, but utility didn't. And so there's like nothing to do with these uh, with these knockoffs. And, and they cheap, like both quality and price. And so it was, it's hard to convince a consumer like, no, mine's better yes. quality because I the Rockwell yes. hardness is harder. Like, what is Rockwell hardness? Like And so it's, sometimes it's hard to explain these benefits yes. when you're yes. speaking engineering speak to those who just want to see the benefit and not know the features, you know? Yeah. And, yep. and so it was a struggle, you know, it was, it was like, okay, uh I, I do not have this. Uh Let's go back to the drawing board. What are we going to do about it? And and our take was like continual innovation, uh, but okay. I'll go backwards real quick. I, I will say, I also discovered real quick that really good friends don't always make really good business partners. Yeah. And unfortunately that on um, class, Example, we're like we were like brothers, and it wasn't working, you know. Mm. And so I ended up buying them out, and then the company was kind of like dormant for a little bit. I figured out like I can't do this by myself, but I was just kind of leaving it or existing. And a mutual friend put me together with another business guy who had complementary skill sets. I would add like one of my advice to people: like if you're an engineer. Your think tank or whatever, or if you think you're creative, don't go find another creative person at the beginning. Like go find someone that's going to complement your skill set. And so he was Bingo. operations and logistics, could understand how to scale. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I was, I'm used to being in a cubicle or leading a group of engineers. I run a lab. How do you sell stuff to people? I don't know. You know? Yeah. And so it was good to like be paired up, uh, like that right synergy with the right skill sets to like for growth.
0: Did you make did you make the second business partner? Did he have to buy in? How did that work? Yeah, yeah. He bought in. I see. And um, how did you come up with the funds to buy out your first guy? How did you do that? I, I mortgaged the house. Like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> I refinanced the house. <laughs> so,
1: oh man! And, uh, did you and, uh,
0: did you tell your Did you tell your wife after you got the refi the My wife
1: and I are like like this okay, when we okay. make <laughs> big decisions. We're like before I before I quit my eight to five. Uh, I think my wife prayed for like six months before she gave me the thumbs up. I'm like, cause I'm like, look, happy wife, happy life. Did you and quit if she's not all before, in, I can't be all in.
0: Uh, did you quit before the refi or after?
1: Oh, after, was, way, way after. Yeah. Way out, so okay, I quit okay. my day job, uh, maybe four and a half years ago. So I was all oh, in okay. four and a half years ago. This is okay, okay. way back. Yeah. All right. All right. I was wondering but, how you
0: bought out the first guy. Well, okay. All right. So then the second partner you meet, uh, he, he puts a little cash in and plus, does he does he start part time and keeps his other job, or does he just dive in?
1: No, so so when we originally met, he was working full time in a, at a different industry, uh, but he was at an exit, like I guess he had part equity in okay. this other, I don't even know, if it was okay, a startup. And so, uh, when we first met, he was just kind of giving me advice of what to do. I see, and I then see. one day he gave me a call and he said, Hey, Mike, you still looking for a business partner? I'm like, You know, I am Joe. And he's like, let's talk some more. And so we we sat down and we talked and kind of hammered out kind of a business plan. And he's like, okay, let's do this. And I, I I should say I also had another silent business partner who put in a little money, little seed oh. money, uh oh. to help fund things along. And it wasn't much, but a, a good okay. friend of mine, he's like, Mike, if you need help, just come come talk to me. And and so between those two guys, uh, we were able okay. to put a little bit more you know cash into uh the bank accounts, and I was able to design more things. And and I tell you what, I failure is just the road to success. Right. And I failed a lot. I was like, cause I, I came to them like, look guys, I made this fire starting buckle. Let's integrate it into packs, backpacks. And I have a minor in textile design. So I thought I knew what I was doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So I just, the minor makes you think you know what you're doing, but you don't. Right. So, so I designed three backpacks and all three were complete failures. Like they, they, I got the samples in. I'm like, I hate this thing. Now they had some cool design aspects, but I just like, they just didn't work. Okay, and uh, and and I'm like, went to the partners, like, sorry guys, like that was, I uh, was a mess up. Let's let's go back to like, mechanical, simple things, right, and not this moving textile stuff that, not moving with me, and, and so, but it's okay to fail, right, and and for me, I always feel like, failure is just like the road to success, and if you stop early, then you're just a failure. But if you keep well, that's going, true. that's where, that's where the that's lessons true. are learned, right? I whenever I don't like win a uh, maybe a uh, a small Wholesale account. I'll typically go back and say, "Look, I don't want to get burned from this. I want to learn from this." And I Ooh. ask them, "Like, why did you say no?" I teach me I the like why. You I know, like if that. you just keep asking enough why's, then that's where all the learning happens. And and sometimes it's like, "Hey, your price points too high," or it just doesn't fit. You know, our scope of you know within our market space, and and it's okay. Like sometimes it's not a good fit. And then other times you're like, "Oh, it's this feature we didn't like this," and like, "Okay, I can go back and tweak that." And it's always good, good to get that feedback.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's a good. That's good advice, Mike. When were you, so four and a half years ago, you quit your job or something like yeah, that? It's like, said, it's like October, 2017. Is that four and a half years ago? I don't know. <laughs> October. So it was late. Yeah. When were you able to start paying your, were you able to pay yourself from revenues right away when you quit your other so, job?
1: Yes, but not a lot. Like okay. I, I, you know, I, I took some advice from some other entrepreneurs and they're like, look, you have to learn to pay yourself first. And, and maybe it's not a living income. And I'm still not, at a living income right now. You
0: still right? you still could go get a job as an engineer right now, oh, making yeah. more than I, you make You know,
1: it. I was actually had a job offer like three weeks ago, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna say no, you know, and, <laughs> uh, and uh and because I feel like I'm at this tipping point, you know, in and, okay. and at this moose Jaw thing, I was selected for this, you know, I- cool. innovative, you know, acceleration program, and I applied for another one that's happening right now, uh, REI fingers crossed that I make that one as right. well. So if I can get right. into right. two accelerated programs, you know, that'd be fantastic. So I when I talked to this uh, engineering gal, um, I'm like, look, if I make the moose job, then I I can't accept it. You know, I can't even work part-time or anything because I gotta be all in. And then I got the call, like, hey, you made it. I'm like, Yeah, I made it.
0: Like, Beans <laughs> and good. rice good.
1: and ramen noodles, let's go.
0: You know, yeah, because your and, family and your your wife they've they've all been with you during during this, right? They've all Yeah, all they all have my so my fun. wife
1: uh she has a cosmetology degree. And so okay. she will cut hair, you know, friends and family type thing. And so she bridges the gap. I don't quite make enough to pay to pay all the I bills, but she'll yeah. come in and be like, "All right, I'm getting the water bill, and electricity bill for us, honey." I'm like, "Yes, I love and it." And so you know, so she it's a blessing to have someone that could help me raise the kids and also you know like support yeah. me financially. So I think we're it's a part equal partnership here. Uh, without That's her, it's awesome. Just, I'm not gonna make it
0: are you trying to raise cash right now? Are you, do you have a teaser out or a deck out? Are you, are you on a mission to raise cash? No,
1: I'm not.
0: I'm not right now. Why? Um, Why? <laughs> uh, so right now, I mean, I don't want to have any
1: equity right now. And I, okay. and I feel like we have, I to tell people that we have a pretty wide distribution, but it's just not deep. And so like, I, I have a distributor in the UK, in Taiwan, in Japan, in Canada, in UK, uh, I think we just got one in Australia and then have like three distributors here in the U S and then we have a ton of like wholesale accounts and I want REI. Uh, so I sell into there. And so I feel like we have all these little revenue streams okay. Okay. and we just need to widen them just a little bit okay. and it'll just open right. the gates. And yeah, I've also cool. developed right. several other items. And I feel like if I get those items into uh, the sales channels, it's going to be, you know, be a revenue generator. Then I'll see where I really am now. Okay. I'm totally open to talk to people like, Hey, do we want to bring on investment? We've had several people email us and talk to us and say, hey, are you looking for a strategic partner? And I'm like, yes, but not right now. Like, okay. Let me work. Let Fair me enough. sweat a little longer Fair and enough. see where Fair I can enough. take this.
0: And then I then I, let's give it some lift at that point. But I think are you, I'm close. All right. Very good. Um, can you share? What do you think you do in revenue this year? I don't know if, how much you want to share. Can you meet a ballpark? No, it's fine. You know?
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping I do like uh, 1.5 million okay. this year okay. in revenue. Okay. All right. All uh, right. Last, last year um, cash basis, I think we did like close to 700. Okay. And, very good. How and- many,
0: how many employees besides you and your partner?
1: Yeah, so I work with two uh, 1099ers, some contractors right now. And so one lady's helping outsource everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I I mean, I, if I can't afford to pay myself, I, you know, I really can't afford to, yeah, worry about W 2s and getting people benefits and stuff. And so I'm like, hey, let's, let's just do some uh, contract work. And then like we make these, we still make these bracelets, which is the first thing we ever did. And it's funny. So I've hired my kids now and they're all, Braiding bracelets for me i'm like look you got a job you can you can work at nine o'clock at night or six in the morning or whatever it's convenient for you but i need this mini go and so it's it's good to have that skill set in my house where i don't have to outsource that but i have used cottage work as well for that aspect and find like stay-at-home parents through mom or dad and say hey if you want to make this for me you can, and we'll just do it per part and you know like piece count and so it's
0: it's been like, have- a good business model did you have any supply chain issues from overseas uh, when COVID after COVID with all that stuff was backed up in long beach and all that, or no, or you, you produced it here or manufactured? Oh, it no. Here?
1: So we mostly produce it over overseas, uh, yeah. uh, in China. I about died when COVID happened. Uh, yeah. so our, we're, our bread and butter accounts are what well, we're in about 13 national parks and they crushed it for us during the summer months. And then COVID happened and all of them <sighs> shut down. Oh. And then and then when they reopened, they didn't open their stores because they didn't want people to congregate in oh, one shit. area. And wow. then all of my uh, international accounts, they closed and they canceled all their orders. And then wow. REI closed for like two weeks. And like I'm like, uh, I need to get a job <laughs> right now. Like, what's what's happening? And I, I was just <laughs> geeking out. And then and then we were exploding on Amazon because everyone were indoors and just like, oh. hey, let's go get let's go. Amazon. Then Amazon decided that we weren't essential materials. So they quit accepting oh our shipments and they wouldn't sell our product. And I'm like, what? Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, no, whoa, no whoa. That's the
0: first okay. No that's the first that's the first I've heard of that. I've n- I did not know they did that. The wh- yeah,
1: they did it. Yeah. We got an email and said, hey, you're not an essential good. And huh? so we're not going to sell your product. And I'm like, uh, you, <laughs> you can't do that because this is the only lift I'm having when everything else is falling apart. And okay. uh and it lasted maybe two or three months. But I i was like <sighs> Dude, dying. Okay. And so so thankfully what what we did was we lived off my 401k, which is now gone. Right. So, so we had some savings saved up and then we, everything just fell through. I'm like, okay, this means I have time to design more stuff. And then we could just take out the 401k and live off that. And so, I, uh, we did, you know, it was, it was a risky move.
0: And, uh, I'm like, you are committed, my friend. You, you are committed. <laughs> you are committed. Like, this, this fails. A... I can just go back to work. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, the good news now though is, it's not like this is just an idea that's still in design phase. Like you're doing a million and a half dollars of revenue. There there's cash coming in the door. That that right there is a major milestone. What, what I mean, you know, you get to a million it's a major milestone. You get to 5 million it's a major one. You get to 10 million, I mean, so you're 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 on your way. You know what right. I mean? It's, it's not and, like and you don't have revenue. Right. And I I feel like I can
1: get to 5 within 2 years and I'm yeah. thinking um yeah. That being an appropriate yeah. time to for okay. an investor to come in or something. Okay, so because you
0: had to give up equity to this new partner. So, but I'm guessing you're, you're. I'm guessing you're still quote in control with the most. Users. Yeah, I'm
1: still majority ownership, and um, good. good. You know, I prefer to keep it that way. But I'm
0: always told, like, well, if you own a smaller portion of a larger business, then when they exit, you'll get. A yeah, lot more dude. <laughs> uh, okay, let me just tell you. You know, you know, as you already know, we've had like, you know, we've had a shit ton of people on the of Flex podcast from Colorado that are that are founders, right? we met with one last night for happy hour and he, he, it was a two hour sad story about, he's like, dude, I never should have taken that money. I never should have taken that, that VC money. And then I took the <sighs> money. He's like, as soon as I got control, it's just been a nightmare. I mean, he just on and on and on. He's like, I should have. And he just said, if you tell your listeners anything on the writer for podcast, maintain control of the cap table for as long as possible. Yes, and I struggle with that idea. I actually mentioned that in our little
1: Moose Jaw uh, Accelerator program here. I'm like, you know, when people come in and I lose control, am I just becoming my own employee at that point? Yes, you're just, that is correct.
0: You're just an employee after that. You're just an employee.
1: And so I was like, that's where I struggle. Like I want that lift, but I also want control, you know, cause I have my vision. So I think if I find a partner, it's going to be a nice strategic. We
0: have we share that same vision and, and I got to vet them hard uh, before we yes, make that it move. Uh, it's interesting. My wife went with me for lunch today to pick up uh, my e-bike that was getting worked on. Um, and on the way back, she said, she said, um, we're never giving up control unless when we do that, it's a big enough payday for us personally to where if you don't like them, you can just adios. See ya. I'm going to go start something else with the money you just gave me. That's probably pretty (laughs) wise. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay. uh, Give the listeners right now would be a good Good. Let's do it. Let's do the three minute elevator pitch. Do your elevator pitch uh, uh, for about the company. And let me just give everybody the uh, URL. So it's outdoorelement.com, outdoorelement.com. Um, you can also connect with Mike on LinkedIn if you prefer. And I'm sure he's on all kinds of other social social media. I suppose his yeah, last name the- M-O-J-I-C-A, by the way. Yes. Uh, Mojica. Uh, and it's Michael on LinkedIn. But uh, anyway, Outdoor Element. Yeah. Us, so Paul. outdoor element, we make
1: adventure and survival gear, so you can get out and explore with confidence, right? So I develop product around fire creation. My native name is Bodaway, which means fire maker. So there's a common theme within our product line. So you might t- find some fire starting carabiners, some fire starting knives, uh, and then I've kind of expanded around the camp kitchen. I was constantly using fire to make food and stuff like okay, so I started making things around the camp kitchen kind of an eco-friendly mindset as well. So if you look at my other gear, like a pot, a pot gripper, it also acts as a recycle tool for those used fuel canisters. And so there's kind of like base camp items and fire starting items is what Outdoor Element is about. And, and I, what I want is when people go out and explore, it's like they know they have the right gear if something goes amiss. And I mm. feel like fire is critical for oh, survival. If something yes. goes amiss, if you can start a fire, be warned, be seen, be found, you know? And so that's, that's kind of where I started this business and it's just kind of grown. And I, I love, I, I love camping. I love hiking. And I've been in a couple situations where I'm like, well, this ain't safe. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was thinking like, and I don't have the right gear on me. And like, I, and we've all done some foolish things. Right. Yes. And so what I want to do is I want to give you product so you can go hike with confidence. So when something goes amiss, you are ready and you're prepared. And usually with my gear, like if you go with the uh, Kodiak survival bracelet, I'll put a, an extra strand in there where this the cord, the paracord, which is made in the USA, um, it, when you pull it apart, it has jute on the inside, which is great fire tender. And we wow. want you to make a fire with it before you ever go out. I really believe that when a crisis hits, yes. that most of us won't rise to the occasion, but we do fall back on our training. Right, So Mm. if we can train ourselves with this product that I've developed, that we've developed at Outdoor Element, that you know you've done this once. And when a crisis happens, you can do it again.
0: Mm. I love that. You're right. Every time I uh, order something with regards to, because you probably checked my profile, I'm a huge camper, outdoor. I have a Jeep Gladiator that's all decked out with my iCamper tent. I have ATVs. I have mountain bikes. I mean, I go all the time um and every single time i order something i always try it out in the backyard i'm always i'm always like no i'm unpacking this in the backyard i'm gonna see how hey this man. works i gotta that, make sure i play with it that no. is what you're supposed to do people you go try it out <laughs> don't ever try it out in the woods you're like oh this no. ain't working because like no. no i don't know if user error or manufacturer error you need to know before you go no doubt about it yeah <laughs> um talk to us about the kind of stuff you sell i give the listeners some you know some of your different things you sell knives on there yeah go for it
1: yeah yeah. so i'll start with the uh, fire starting carabiners the first one i call the uh fire beaner i put the fire in the carabiner we were granted a utility patent we put a a flint wheel inside of the carabiner itself so it throws a good spark out to get your tinder ablaze right so it's a multi-tool so if you're kind of walking around it carabiner rated for 100 pounds and then it has a a screwdriver tip a bottle opener a tiny little blade for like fishing line little hang slots for keys so it becomes an everyday care everyday carry you put your little split ring through there so it's always on you and just clip it on your pants kind of set it and forget it or or your purse or whatever and then the uh, fire escape is another carabiner with a little flint wheel that same flint wheel that's in there i met with some search and rescue guys at the mm-hmm. outdoor retailer show in Denver and they said hey we love your fire beaner. can you design something themed for first responders and so with that one I took it that same carabiner it kind of made it a larger profile it sits, fits in the handle a bit easier I put a tungsten carbide uh, tip on there to break through a window and then it has oh. a much larger cutter to go through seatbelts really easy and then if you look at the little hang slots they're kind of more functional there's an O2 wrench for an oxygen tank to open up the oxygen and there's a little bit driver uh, there's a little bottle open on the gate as well but I, I always want people to like, like stop, like maybe you're not the person that's been the wreck, but we've all seen a bad wreck. And like dare to be the first responder, dare to be a hero and stop and like lend some help. And, mm-hmm. and so I always sell on, on heroism and not fear. You know, I want, I want to enable people to go out and, and help and not worry about like, Oh, I'm falling in a lake. Like what do I do? <laughs> you know, it's like, no,
0: it's like you're prepared to help somebody.
1: And if do you do sell, pickle-
0: are, are you wholesaling or are you, are you retailing anything you're buying wholesale or is it everything you've made? Um, so I, I sell a hodgepodge, I sell mostly outdoor gear on my
1: website. You will find other gear as well. And okay. I, I, it's because of this, I come with this premise where if small helps small, it makes big, right? Okay, and I stole that line from somebody years ago, but I loved it like I love that mantra. And when I discover some new product that fits in our category that complements what we're doing. I see. will take their, I'll ask them, like, hey, would you mind if I set up a wholesale account on our website? Like, we're starting have a nice presence, and I want to bring brand awareness to you because brand awareness is critical with small business. Like, if okay. it's cool for making cool gear, but if no one knows about it, it's not going to have any left, right? No one's going to, you right. know, it's right. going to buy. And so now that I have somewhat of a presence, like, I want to help others as well along the way. And I feel like That's, you do okay. that enough times, you know, like, I don't know, you put enough credits in, then eventually that when you need help, someone's going to help you out. Right. That's why. Okay. I was wondering when I saw the, the yeah. So we actually have a page and it says entrepreneurial support and we kind of try to say that maybe we don't articulate that well, uh, but if you just go to shop, it kind of, you just see everything. But if you go down, you you should you'll see an entrepreneurial support. And that's why I see it now. I see that now. Okay. okay. That's why we do that. Yeah. And so the knives, did you, did you design the knives? I did. I designed the knives. And so we have a couple of uh, hunting survival knives, uh, I call it the Phoenix Talon. The larger one it has a replaceable gut hook, and then it has that flint wheel in the in the uh, handle. Um, mm. We're got a patent for that as well, which is fantastic. And then I the love G-10, that. And the G10 scales or the handles come off, and there's a little pocket in there, and that's where you would put like some tinder, or we we also sell a little like a um, um, little kit for survival kit you can put in there as well. A little compass fits I in see there this. and stuff. I yeah, see. And so oh, that's man. D2 steel. I love D2. It's kind of like tool steel. And it rock will hardness around 60, 61. So it holds you know, edge retention really well. This is a Skinner. So it's designed for skinning. And then there's kind of its partner, the Phoenix uh, Feather is a uh, full tang D2, really thin, I think is 1.7 ounces. And the end is kind of ground down to a kind of a soft screwdriver tip. And that marries up with the larger um, Phoenix Talon. So you can unscrew the handle, And so they kind of pair really well. And so I they see. both have little kydex sheaths. Uh, I think the larger one has a little uh, diamond plate sharpening um, plate to sharpen your, your blade if you need that. Um, but,
0: yeah. We could talk uh, you know, we, uh, like I said, I'm a huge camper guy. So I could, we could talk about camping. For We could do a whole other episode on this. But uh, one of the things that um, I, I struggle with a lot of stuff as I've learned, I just learned over the years. And usually it's like you said, usually it's because I get in a situation and I'm like, okay, note to self, next time do this. <laughs> uh but uh, one of the things that i have built for myself is i've kind of made my own utility belt not 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 the belt itself i bought like one of those utility belts from shields over here in, in johnstown colorado um but on the utility belt i kind of created my own version of all the different things that i think i need if i'm going to walk away from the campsite or if i'm going to go for a bike ride i'm like okay where's my utility belt because i have my, uh, I got an emergency, uh, I got an emergency thing. Where you press a button and the helicopters come. I got the, the you know, lighter. I got, I got my knife. I, I got bear spray. I got, you know, I got miscellaneous things on the belt. Right. Perfect. But I kind of created that on my own. And I'm always like, what else should I have on here? Do I, do I have all the right stuff? I don't know what else should be on here. But my point is I, a lot of the things on your website, like I have a lot of stuff like this, in various places in my Jeep, and the shit's all over the place. And I'm always like, okay, well, where's this? And like, now I can't find this, and I need this when I go for a walk, and I need this when I'm over here. Um, what? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess I'm trying to say I wish I had a uh, organized uh, holder of some kind that kept all my sh- shit that I need when I do certain things. But I'm always having to create my own bag. Like yeah, I go for I a bike. Yeah. If I go I, for a bike, if I go for a mountain bike ride, I'm like, okay, I'm going to lose this shit in the mountain bag. And, yes. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> I, and I
1: typically do the same thing. It's, I, I kind of pare it down, but I have like a little go bag, like, like a day pack, if you will, that yeah, if I know yeah. I'm going out, I just throw the pack on. I got everything I need. I can go. Uh, but I try to incorporate multifunction in my designs. And okay. so you'll in and, and like for the knives, I'm like, I want it to start a fire. Right. But I need to cut at the same time. And so I feel like those two are critical to have. Uh, yes. if things go amiss again. And so mm-hmm. I'm always trying to create that multifunction so you can have that redundancy. Maybe you do have a little, little fire starting kit, but if you have that knife with you, then you have a good plan B as well. You know, I see. And, and so, and I I don't go anywhere without a knife. You know, this is, yes. I, I carry a little so EDC carry do. and this one starts a fire as well. Uh, it's a folding. Yeah, so it's coming out soon. Oh, just dropped it. Uh, so, but yeah, so I'm always looking at like, what should I have? Now I don't carry, I don't cover all the bases, but I do think I complement like those kind of ten essentials you're supposed to have on you at all times. And so I'll I'll constantly work with other companies, uh, and we'll do like collaborative giveaways. And I've I've written a little blog about like ten essentials for hiking and stuff. Uh, but I I try to be complimentary to what's out there. I don't try to compete on everything. I'm like, hey, if I can do one okay. or two things really well, let's focus okay. on that. Let's not k-
0: tackle the whole breadth of the ten essentials, and then I become diluted. I see. Yeah. I... <laughs> yes bro because you could easily uh that could happen right you, you could get you could be chasing all kinds of products are you in chills i'm in a few of
1: them so i, I think there's 13 f- i forget how many there are i looked it up yeah. a couple months yeah. ago uh but i, I went wouldn't pitch the one up in fort collins um or is it you mean you mean johnstown loveland johnstown's Loveland. that's what i mean yeah. i went yeah. not pitch them and the guy stopped me and he's like you need to stop right now i'm like why he's like because i already carry your product i'm like you do And so he went through one of my distributors and I was like, oh, cool. Right. Right on. Let's high five, you know? And and so it's, it's been interesting that I have like three distributors in the U.S. And so I don't always know, you know, where their fingers get into and shields will use Liberty Mountain was one of them. uh, And that's where they grabbed it from. And so I'm hoping to uh, get into all of the shields. And then when I'm doing that, they'll work directly with me. My margins will be a little bit better. Um, But yeah. So, but yes, I'm not, not all of my gears and shields, but we're getting there.
0: We're having a conversation. I want you to know, I'm going to send you some links when we get off the podcast. I'm going to send you some links because part of what I do at Rider Flix, I mean, we're a recruiting firm for a living, but as the CEO, everybody knows I love to go camping. So I'm always making these little camping videos. Yeah. I'm going to send you a couple of links because if I get some products from Outdoor Element, then I can be like, hey, my buddy Mike sent this to me. It's super That's cool. Right. This is what it does. <laughs> You send me an address; it's going to be there next week. <laughs> so. This is what it does. I, and by the way, I will I will use it. I will use it. Um, two, two, I don't run out of time. Two two last questions. Uh, I, yeah, I mentioned the URL, and uh, we talked about your LinkedIn connection. Was there any of the social media sites or anything else you want to mention, or any other URLs that you want to bring up for the listeners? Yeah.
1: I, so I try to maintain an Instagram account. Outdoor.element is my handle. I do okay. have a Twitter account. I rarely tweet. So it's okay okay if you don't go there. (laughs) Uh, My (laughs) YouTube, yeah, just look for Outdoor Element on YouTube. I I tend to host all the videos there that you'll find on my website, but there'll be other videos there as well, kind of like how to uh, use, you know, the product and whatnot. But yeah, so I I try Instagram. I I just started the TikTok. Um, I didn't own a social media account until I owned a business.
0: And so it's a big learner's curve for me. I just
1: like, uh, I don't want to do this. And then they're
0: like, you have to. I'm like, okay. And so, yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> Just, do, nice. and you do, and you do. And by the way, my advice—if you want to hear my advice—is you got the personality, personality, and the energy for it, man. Your personality, your energy, and your passion is what I think makes the brand even more attractive. And so, if I were an investor or an advisor for Outdoor Element, I'd be telling you to do a lot more videos because. Quite frankly, I didn't know, like, I didn't know that you were that, that energetic and passionate until I started watching some of their stuff. I'm like, okay, this guy, I like this guy, you know? And so I think that's a, a an attractive <laughs> I like to have a good time. Brand. I like to think I
1: never grew up and it's okay. Dude, it's, like, great. it's great. Everyone's too
0: serious. I'm like, no, let's have a good do time. Some... And it's okay. By the way, do, <laughs> do more videos. And I would do, I would do more videos with you using the product in the forest, in the wild, like in action. I think would be cool. Like if you were like, "Hey guys, I'm on a camping trip." I know you don't have time to like make a camping YouTube video channel, but I mean, if you you were using it out in the forest, and you're like talking about, you know, "Hey, look, I made this new tool. This and this, and by the way, I checked in with the girls earlier today, and they were fine." Like all that, that that stuff, man. I'm telling you, that that that's yeah, that's
1: great. Uh, The prop, yeah. I think I get so caught up in the moment, I don't film when I'm out, and then when I'm doing my R and D stuff, I'm like, "Hey, we should film, and and we'll do something in the backyard." But
0: totally agree. I need yeah, to have that mindset, yeah. like, "Hey, this is an opportunity. Let's do a quick video." So, I would good I advice. Would. Thank um, you. Uh, two last questions. First one is real fast. What's the most dangerous situation you've been in? Whew. Um, you know, like like in the, in the wild or
1: whatever. Yeah. In in the, I uh, so I'm not a great skier, I'm a snowboarder, and uh, I was going. I think I, I forget what ski resort is that, but I was going down. It was an icy day, and there's like this this thing's roped off, and I I try to turn, but my I can't catch an edge. So I just kind of chop, 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 and I like fall off this cliff. But I grab the safety rope and it like swings me back into like the mountain. So I'm like, I'm pinned on the mountainside. And I'm just like, what have I done to myself? You know, I'm just this novice, not knowing what I'm doing. And then thankfully, some skiers saw what happened. And so they looked down like, hey. Do you need some help? And I'm like, yes, yes. I'm scared for my life because, like, there's like, you know, 80 foot drop and you just see rocks. You know, I'm like, this is bad, you know. And so, someone came down and took my bindings off and I kind of crawled back up. And wow, that, that was a little okay. scary.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> and then, last question is uh, this one If you had to define your core purpose in life, Mike, and I know you've probably you you seem like a reflective guy. You've probably thought of it many times, especially with your faith. What what is your core purpose? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um,
1: I thrive on service. Like I I love to give back. <clears throat> you can get me choked up here. It's okay. <laughs> so after outdoor element. Like, that's our goal is that my wife and I were like, what, why are we doing this? Like, do we want to make this massive company that everyone knows? Like, yeah, it sounds great. But what do we want to do? Like, we want to make connections happen, right? We want to make Mm -hmm. people come together. And I think the outdoors does that a lot. And then, but what we're done, once we're done, it's like my wife and I, we want to go do like, just do service missions. I'm like, let me go dig a well. Like I, I, for whatever reason, that makes me tick. Mm
0: -hmm. I love that. Yeah. So that's,
1: that's, that's that's at the root of me. That's, that's what I, that's what I want to do.
0: You know, um, speaking of digging wells, you, you know, you know how many people are living without fresh water? I mean, I'm sure you know. You know how many kids don't have fresh water every day? It's That's, insane. Dude, <laughs> I, I, Yeah, I get so revved up about that. When I see people on social media talking about shit that really doesn't matter, and I tell my wife, I'm like, do they know like, how many kids on planet Earth woke up, woke up today without fresh water? And we're talking about this silly crap. Like we're talking about right. whether or not Will Smith should have slapped Chris Rock. It's like, I don't care about that. <laughs> yes, but right. I care about Very the important. fact that kids don't have fresh water. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh my friend, Mike, a pleasure. Honored to know you, my friend. Thanks, great Steve. Having, Thanks. Great having Good you on the Rider Flex podcast, man. Great job.